Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. You know, there's an old proverb that says, the fly in the ointment. It kind of spoils everything. And in the same way, pornography can taint that gift of sexual intimacy that God wants for you to experience in your marriage. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley. He runs our marriage department. And Greg, this is a topic that does not require a lot of judgment and shame. Actually, it needs the opposite. We need to come at this topic of pornography and sexual intimacy with a lot of grace and a lot of truth, right? Which are ways to create safety. Okay. So as we have these conversations about pornography or, or whatever is going on, if if we make our goal to create a marriage that feels like the safest place on earth, and, and that's how I want my wife to experience these conversations. In other words, safety looks like that I'm open, that, that, that I've spent some time with the Lord and, and I feel grounded hmm. so that I can really focus on listening to her, giving her good eye contact, not judging, not shaming her for whatever choice that she's made, but I'm really genuinely wanting to, to understand. I'm being curious. See, the safety then allows us to, to have these conversations and the more success that we have, the more normal it becomes that we can be honest and vulnerable and share mistakes and yeah. failings, knowing that, boy, we can talk through this as a couple and, and not only have a successful conversation, but actually a conversation that will bring us closer together. And what, what, a, what a great place. That's the goal. Well, Nick and Michelle Stumbo had to really struggle to get to a safe place in their relationship as Nick had dealt for a number of years with pornography. And uh, Nick was a pastor for many years, and his struggles became very apparent in their marriage. Here they are now, Nick and Michelle Stumbo, as they tell more of their story to Jim Daly. Nick and Michelle, let me, let me pick up on what you said right before the break there. Um, this idea that confession, it's healthy, it's good, it's important. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. actually quite bold because most people struggle with that step. Mm-hmm. But confession, it ends up not being enough. And we... I'm sure some people listening, are, especially women, are going, wow, Michelle, I mean, he's coming to you. He's over and over confessing to you that he's struggling with this. Why didn't you just leave? But speak to that confession and how it worked over time in a good way, but how it wasn't an immediate fix. You know, the, the hidden driver of addiction and sexual sin is always shame. Shame that makes us believe we'll be rejected, um, others will leave us, and it's that shame, I think, that does keep a lot of people from confessing because they're listening to that that voice that says it's better to keep it quiet. But like I said in my story, I'd learned that confession, when I would confess, people would pray for me, they would show love, and for a time there would be improvement. I would just feel the sense of unburdening and, and walking in new freedom, but without making any real changes to how I was doing life or using my alone time, you know, those behaviors were bound to come back. Let me break in because um, you said something a moment ago I want to also highlight. What was the need? I mean, from your perspective and your experience, what was driving that compulsion? Um, You alluded to stronger undercurrent forces because your intimacy with Michelle was strong and good and healthy. Mm but something else was going on. What is that something else? For all men and women, what is it 
in that sexual experience that yeah. is driving us to really be disobedient. Well, I want to be careful to say that it's not just one thing. It, you've got multiple streams that are running together, creating um, a, a river of that behavior, if you will. So there is definitely the draw of the images that were designed by God to find beauty in. There's the chemical response happening in your brain that does create not only the, the pleasure at the end, but just the excitement along the way is being reproduced. That's dopamine and other yeah. chemical reactions yep. in our brain. Yep. It's and, a reward system. And the more we repeat it, the stronger it becomes yeah. and the, the more easily triggered it is. So it could start for a guy, or like often for me in those scenarios, it would be um, being at work, um, feeling a sense of maybe procrastination, that there's some hard work to do, I'm not sure how to do it. And with that can come fear of failure or that fear of not being good enough, that, that I need to perform well to be loved and accepted. And so we don't always know what to do with those feelings. And, and a guy might just describe it as I probably would in those days to say, oh, I, I was just bored. And then I saw something and, it, you know, one thing that led to another. Um, in, in my story, and I think in so many people's stories, they never just go to the computer rushing to look for pornography, but it becomes this step-by-step step back to where you never intended to go. And so yeah. I... I really see now that in that area of procrastination and the fear of, of failure or of hard work that I couldn't do well, it would open me up to something else that was just a convenient escape to start to disassociate from those unwanted feelings. And then the brain finds enjoyment and pleasure in that escape. And then the escape just becomes a slippery slope into the, the places you promised you'd never go again. Yeah. And once again, uh, that Barna research, 68% of Christian men, people going to church, and 25 to 30% of women, yeah. Christian women are experiencing this addiction yeah. or at least exposure to pornography. Let's go to the biblical component of this, and we're going to come back next time and talk much more. But um, help us understand the biblical warning signs about sexual sin. And, you know, we all agree that all sin separates us from God. That's the core problem. But how is sexual sin perhaps even more harmful than other sin? You know, sexual sin by its nature is always escalating. Um, it's really the James 1 passages of, um, you know, what what is it that entices you and drags you away? Isn't it, you know, the lusts inside of you that give birth to temptation, and that temptation uh, gives birth to sin, and that sin, when it's fully conceived, gives birth to death. And I think that's what we see happening in our sexuality is the the desires we feel are quite normal, but then they're being twisted by sin and by the enemy for unhealth, and that's now temptation. And we cross the lines because we're tempted into sin. And it doesn't just stay there. It's not something just leaves you alone and allows you to stay where you're at, partly because of what we were saying earlier about brain chemicals. Those brain chemicals experience a toleration where the same experience won't produce the same kind of excitement or the chemical hit. And so you're always craving more. And we see that biblically. That's what James 1 is saying, why it leads us to death, because it just continues to grow until it takes us places we never thought we'd go. Yeah. Um, Boy, that's, and that's... I, the, way, the way I like to talk about it is to say no one ever plans for death. You know, they never set out saying, I'm going to have an addiction to pornography that will one day destroy everything I hold dear. But the problem is we don't plan not to. We don't yeah. plan effectively how to deal with the temptation and the sin to make sure we head towards life rather than allowing it to escalate towards death. Some really good thoughts from Nick Stumbo about changing your habits to protect your heart. And Greg, um, your perspective, please. I mean, we've seen studies that indicate it's not just men, but women are struggling with pornography. What advice do you have, Greg, for a woman who's saying, yeah, that's me, I'm stuck? 
Yeah, we see this a lot, and and it's not just men. Many women are struggling with pornography, but for a very different reason. The studies that I've seen, the research that I've read, really talks about that that for women, they're they're looking at pornography. They're noticing the relational aspects mm-hmm. of of these videos or these pictures or these books that they're reading. And so I think it begins for a woman to really notice that, 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 that I'm turning towards this maybe, um, because something's going on in my own relationship, my own marriage, that is not only that is not satisfying, but it's, you know, I'm feeling lonely. I'm not getting the desires of my heart met. And so just understand that, that it's 100% natural and normal to desire that closeness, the the things that you want within your relationship. It's just sadly that the pornography will never give us what we really want. Yeah, I've heard false intimacy yeah. as kind of a label for one way to look at it. It, it really is. For I, I know I've heard for like guys, there's a release without any relationship. And so it creates then this very simple um, experience that doesn't require the investment, the risk that relationships provide. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, a falseness there. And I think for either a man or a woman who's struggling with this, it always begins by by going in to talk to a Christian counselor to better understand what's going on for me. I am turning towards something that's not good for me. So there's a personal integrity issue, but I'm doing this for a reason. Why? Yeah. What's going on? What's the motivation? What's, What's the, the drive? feeling behind yeah. the action? Yeah. What's the need that I'm trying to get met? That's a, maybe a legitimate need that I'm getting met in an, in an illegitimate way mm-hmm. that, that is only causing me hurt as I feel guilty and full of shame. It's yeah. causing damage to my relationship. So I, always the first step is to, to really begin to pray that through, to turn to a pastor, a, a good Christian mentor, a counselor who can begin to to help me kind of piece together what's really going on because you need that as you then bring that to your spouse because well, you want to take something that's been in the darkness that yeah. you've hidden away and you want to move that into the light. You want to get that out into the open. Well, we want to encourage you to bring things into the light, as Greg has said, and we'll uh, suggest you contact one of our Christian counselors. They can give you some starting points and uh, some ways to be constructive, not destructive, in that conversation with your spouse. Contact us today and uh, set up a consultation. We're a phone call away, 800-A-FAMILY, to schedule a time to talk with one of our counselors. Online, we have a tool to help you find a counselor in your area, somebody close by that you can establish a, a working relationship with and meet with on a regular basis. You, perhaps, as an individual, ideally as a couple. And then, of course, we do have Nick Stumbo's book, Setting Us Free, and details about the ministry that Nick and Michelle have. All of this help and more available to you when you call 800-A-FAMILY or check the episode notes for details. We'll continue the conversation with the Stumbos next time. Until then, on behalf of Greg Smalley and the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.